And now, another timely and powerful message from Pastor Emmanuel Williams and Imitators of God Ministries, Colossal Vivacious Church in Tallahassee. Today, I want to continue from where we left off in the book of Esther last week. How many of you enjoyed last week's sermon? Yes. Yes, and today, praise the Lord. I want to bring it to a close. Amen? I want to quickly review some of what we spoke about last week to bring us up to speed and then introduce some new information. Last week we left off speaking on the Feast of Purim. And as we said, the Feast of Purim recounts God's victory over his enemies' attempt to annihilate the Jews living in Persia. You know there is an enemy who's also trying to annihilate Christians. Mm -hmm. We have an enemy. The Bible says that we have an adversary. Who is the devil. The word adversary means arch enemy. He doesn't give up. He's focused and he's fully invested in destroying the church. And so just like the Jews in Persia had an enemy. Haman. Whom the devil worked through. We have an adversary. A devil. Who's against us and is working through people. Gone are the days where we Christians think that we are not in a war. As soon as you become a Christian, you enter a war. Let me say that again. As soon as you become a Christian, you've entered a war. You would agree. Being passive about it doesn't make that reality not a truth. You can be passive. If you're passive about it, all you've done is just become an easy prey for the devil. Saints, let me say it again. Our war is not with people. Our war is with the devil and most times with ourselves. So the narrative of the Feast of Purim, as told in the book of Esther, depicts the story of how Queen Esther helped save the Jews from Haman's genocidal plan. Amen. If you can recall, we said the feast is not as popular, unlike the three major feasts that you celebrate. But there are lessons and parallels that can be drawn from the story of the feast that could be of tremendous benefit to us as the New Testament Christians. Esther chapter 9 verse 26 says, if you can quickly turn to Esther chapter 9 verse 26. I just want to quote of a, a, a sentence from this Verse it says, Wherefore they called these days, and these days is referring to the days of celebrating the feast. I said last week the feast of Purim is always celebrated on the 16th and 17th of March. That's the time it falls on our calendar. Amen. And so these days, March 16th, March 17th, they call these days Purim. Named after the Pur or Pu, P-O-O. If you can recall, we said the P-O-O, spelled P-U-R, is a Babylonian <laughs> word for lot. The feast was called Purim because of Haman. Do you remember Haman? Haman was Israel's arch enemy. The devil was working through Haman to destroy the Jews in Persia. Like he works to destroy our, we as Christians. Now when I say the devil works to destroy us as Christians, we know he cannot just kill us. Okay. Amen. We got angels. We carry God. But what he's trying to do is take down our character. Because if he takes down our character, we lose our voice. 
Are you getting what I'm saying? Nobody wants to listen to you mm, if you lose your character. Nobody wants to listen to you if you're not a people person. Nobody wants to listen to you if you're not friendly. Yes, you may want to minister to people, but it's going to come out in one ear. Going to come in one ear because they know, brothers and sisters, the devil has you. That's why we cannot lose our character. Back then, the devil was trying to kill people literally. Today, what is after is our character. You give your word and it doesn't come to pass. It just got you. Are you getting what I'm saying? We have to understand the times we live in. He's subtle. Mm -hmm. You are quickly agitated. We know you are not of substance. Mm -hmm. You get distracted quickly. Your face is not set as a flint. Well, let me say not, let me not say your, but let's say our. Because I'm in it too. We are in this together. Is that all right? Yeah. Amen. Our face is not set like a flint. Uh -huh. you, you, we got to live the Christian life intentionally. Yeah. And since I just want to talk to you this morning, I did a lot of shout. I did a lot of shouting last week. I went back and I listened to the <laughs> the preaching. I said, "Lord, have mercy." <laughs> but sometimes, since I feel like my heart is on fire. Amen. I mean, so if you allow me to talk, I just want to talk to you because there are two important principles that are in this story I want to bring to our attention. Amen. So we said the feast is called Purim because of Haman's use of the word P-U-R. It means the lot. Praise God. And what Haman did, we said, is, is uh, um, the Persian religious systems stressed fate and chance. And so instead of picking a date, what he did, he said, let's throw in the lot and see what happens. Amen. If you can try to, that echo, if you can deal with it, I'd really appreciate it. Oh, I may have to switch. <laughs> Amen. Praise the Lord. So brothers and sisters, he decided, amen, to cast lots. He was allowing fate by casting up the lot to dictate his move against the Jewish nation. But I thank God, little did he know that God was creating an opportunity for the Jews to escape. That's what he does. That which the enemy meant for evil, God has a way of turning it around. Amen. And so while Haman thought casting the lot, casting, uh, you know, we said the lot was, was a dice. You know what a dice look like. He thought, well, when he did that, he was doing the right thing. But the Bible tells us in Proverbs chapter 16, verse 33, you got to see that. I know we've dealt with it last week, but studies has revealed you got to listen to something seven or eight times to retain 60% of the material. So let's see what Proverbs chapter 16 verse 33 said. Amen. It says that the casting of, uh-huh, we got it. Very important verse. The lot is cast into the lap, but the whole disposing thereof is of the Lord. And God is telling us, brothers and sisters, he's in control. It doesn't matter what the devil does, how he does it, God has us covered. Mm, we do have a part to play. We do have to pray. We do have to fast. We do have to give. We got to use the tools we have. 
And after we are done using the tools we have, we, we leave the rest up to God. Amen? Are you getting what I'm saying, saints? That is why Esther had to show up. Mm -hmm. She had to do her part. Praise the Lord. And we'll talk about that later. But brothers and sisters, the Bible tells us that even if Haman cast the lot, God was in control. And miraculously, God allowed the debt chosen for the Jews by Haman to be annihilated was one year. Twelve months from the debt, they cast the lot. Are you hearing me, brothers and sisters? So God ensured that the Israelites had enough time to prepare for an attack from the enemy. You remember we said that last week. That did not happen by chance. And I want to bring this to your attention quickly. We have, I went back and I looked at the years we taught on the Feast of Purim. And since I have never, the Holy Ghost has never led me, has never enlightened me to see mm -hmm, that the 12 months... The Jews had to recover. Mm -hmm. The 12 months they had as a time of preparation was the very same thing God told us in January for 2022. A time of what? Preparation. I do not know what's coming at the end of 2022. But brothers and sisters, this is not by coincidence. Because for the last years I've taught on Purim, I've never focused on the 12 months. But this year of all years... The Lord brought this to my attention, which means at the end of 2022, if preparations are not made one way or the other, then some of us will be happy, go lucky, and the others will be regretting. But there is no need for that because God has given us a second chance. We are March into, it's March, we have nine more months. March is over next week. And some of you can sit there and say, well, you know, I don't think so. At the end of 2022, you will know so. If it's one thing I'm sure about is this right here. And so I began to, to recount what the Lord had told us about 2022. It's a year of preparation, a year of breakthrough, a year to reconnect with the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. You remember we said quite a few things about 2022. That's where I stopped last week because it is so important, brothers and sisters, for us to change our schedule in 2022. You cannot go to bed in 2022 and get up, leave out your hours like you did, like we did in 2020 and 2021. If that is the norm, brothers and sisters, you have to change. We have to change because something is coming at the end of 2022. Something good. Or something bad. All God is saying, be prepared. How do we get prepared? That's what we do. How do we get prepared? We immerse ourselves in God's word. I had somebody call me last week and said, Pastor, I've been praying years to God as to what, you know, why was I born? And, you know, um, uh, uh, what's God's will for my life? I said, well, you haven't even done the very first thing. You think God will just take a large, uh, you know, just from heaven uh, through a pipe. Your will is just, uh, no, no, no. The Bible says in Matthew 6, 33, seek ye first the kingdom of God. And all the, I said, my friend, are you seeking? Uh, well, what do you mean? You've been in church over 10 years. You ask me what is seeking? That's the first step to finding out specifically 
while you are here you seek first the kingdom of God you, you, you see how I know that's what happened to me I was just lucky go lucky happy in church serving like a Hebrew slave I was moving back and forth giving everybody hey what can I help you what can I do what can I help you what just happy 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 preaching never on my mind not on my mind I never saw myself as a preacher Lord because in my the preachers I grew up with they were all poor let me say that again the preachers I grew up with in the country they were all poor and I said never but mommy said to me always serve the man of God hard always serving the church hard and so that's what I did and one day God called to preach I asked God why me I said so many years I don't want to be a preacher he brought me to I was in Luke chapter 16 verse 12 Luke chapter 6 can you go to Luke chapter 16 verse 12 Luke chapter 16 verse 12 and God gave me my answer right there mm-hmm it says and if you have not been faithful in that which is another man's he didn't say in that which is God's some of us are so spiritual if you've not been faithful in that which is another man's who shall give you that which is your own and God said to me for years son you've been faithful in another man's ministry he said you've labored brothers and sisters he said look at the hours you placed in this in this men ministry and I can call their names for you hours upon hours hours the man of God stood up in church one day and he said I need help can somebody show up for prayer after church I said pastor I volunteered to pray and for seven years every Monday night we were in church praying on time seven years every Friday night from 9 to 12 as my wife my wife would be, we would be at the house it's Friday night and she's looking at me she knows I want to go to church to pray but I want to be a good husband so she's watching me and I'm saying Lord let her, can, can she say just go she's look at me and say go <laughs> before go comes out I'm out the door <laughs> anyhow 2022 do not let do not let it unfold like 2020 and 2021 this is the year to reorient reset pull back and labor abundantly in the word this is the year the archer pulls back see yourself like an arrow in a bow and god is pulling you back strengthening you to launch you forward 2022 is the year for us not to miss our visitation since it's the year, one friend said it's a year for yielding. Another said it's an unprecedented year. Another said it's a year of divine endorsements. Another said it's the year of tangible presence. Talking about the Holy Spirit. And one preacher said it is the Bible reading you. Mm -hmm, the year to read the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. Mm -hmm. It is the year to do what? Read the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. Praise the Lord. This is the year for that. Since let me ask you, what has God told you to do for the couple for the couple years you haven't done? What has God been tugging on your heart to do? You, I'm just asking you. I said we were going to talk this morning, right? What has God been tugging on your heart to do? Not for you and to advance yourself. I'm talking about to advance the kingdom of God. What has, been, what has he been doing? To, we went out. We went out to every Saturday. We went out to minister. Every Saturday for about seven to eight years. Knocking on doors. Talk about working. Our pastor worked us hard. 
knocking on doors, knocking on doors, knocking on doors. I one Saturday I went out. We went out to to <laughs> to witness, and I just came. I was lifting weights. I was huge. And we went out and we went at a young lady's house and her boyfriend was there. And so the young lady said, it was myself and another friend of mine. Uh, um, I think it was uh, Steve Yates. He's a pastor now. You know, it's amazing how God just, all of us who just worked. All these guys have, all of us got blessed. He has this church in Leesburg, Florida. Steve Yates, uh, Pastor Steve Yates. So, so, so we were out there ministering one Saturday and the lady said to me, she said to both of us, sir, you all could minister. So we started ministering. Her boyfriend in the house came out and wanted to attack us because he wanted us to leave. And my mind said, is this persecution or is this a bit down from the devil? And I said, I'm not be being beaten down today. The devil is not going to beat me down through a man today. And so I took out my shirt. It is not the right thing to do, but I got a wife and I'm going back to her whole not with any injury i was doing nothing but what was i doing ministering the word of god and some of you can say well you know why did he do that why didn't he just leave the girl said stay she said stay and minister to me i'm not saying to do that all i'm saying is i wasn't going down <laughs> Are you getting what I'm saying, brothers and sisters? As I said, I am not saying it's the right thing to do. But at the time, that's what I thought. Maybe today it might be different. But I say this to say that we went out so much that the devil really came after us. I'm asking you, has God been telling you to do that? Has God been laying on your heart? Can you just go out? Can you knock on doors? We've been knocking on doors and people would lose dogs after us. Guy just opened up his gate and my, we were just running for the car. Talking about laboring in the vineyard today, if we have to explain to some of you how we labored, you just fall out. The amount of work, how hard we worked in the vineyard. Amen. So we said it's the time. And this is the time, brothers and sisters, for us to really spend time just immersing in the word of God. Three times in the book of Esther. At this time, I want to share with you my first principle. Amen? From the book of Esther, we had not time to address last week. Can you bring up exhibit number one? Exhibit number one. Three times in the book of Esther, the Holy Spirit mentioned that the Jews had an enemy. It's right here. In Esther chapter 3 verse 10, in Esther chapter 8 verse 1, and in Esther chapter 9 verse 10. Three times, right here. Who's the enemy of the Jews? Haman, the son of Hamadatha, the Agagite, the what? The Jews' enemy. Every time the Bible, the Holy Ghost wrote about Haman, he said Haman was the Jews' Enemy. The word enemy here means arch enemy. The man was bent on doing evil to God's people. Esther 8 1, and there's a reason I'm going to share in a while. Esther 8 1, notice Haman, the Jews' enemy, again. Esther chapter 9, verse 10. Haman, the son of Hamadatha, the enemy of the Jews. Three times we are told, every time the Holy Ghost called, name this man, he said he's the enemy of the Jews. There is a reason, saints, why God did that. And as I said, I alluded to earlier, we too have an enemy. 
First Peter chapter 5 verse 8 says, we have an enemy. Mm -hmm. And he's whom? The devil, our adversary, walking around. First Peter chapter 5 verse 8. He's walking around like what? Like a roaring lion. And what he's doing? Seeking whom he may devour. And I said devour, he's trying to take your voice. That's what he's trying to do. He's trying to do what? Take your voice. Take away your character. Take away your authority. Take away your influence. Take away your light. There was a song we sang, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Amen. Don't let Satan blow it off. I'm going to let it shine. And that's what the devil, that's what he can do. Blow off your light. Get you, whisper a thought to you, and then you agree with the thought. Amen. So he is the adversary. Adversary means enemy. Arch enemy. An opponent. Mm -hmm. Someone who competes. That's what the devil does. Let me reiterate again since. The true nature of Christianity is warfare. The true nature of Christianity is warfare. That is why it bothers me when, and you hear me very carefully, when we as well-meaning Christians don't have a schedule to pray daily. It's, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, I, I just, I just can't, I cannot get it yet. Why somebody who's at war with disembodied spirits don't have a time to plow their way through. Or don't set a time for that. Let me move on here then. Just let me move on here. Praise God. Now who is Haman? Who is that guy? And I'm going to share. Notice he's called the Agagite. Hmm? He's called the what? The Agagite. A-G-A-G-I-T. And there's a reason the Holy Spirit is telling us he's called the Agagite. Which takes us to 1 Samuel chapter 15. In 1 Samuel chapter 15, God told Saul through prophet Samuel. He said in verse 2 and 3. Can you go to verse 2 and 3? Then thus said the Lord of hosts. I remember that which Amalek. Amalek is a descendant of, of uh, Esau. Like Jacob and Esau. And when Israel was going through the wilderness. Those who were weak and tired. Who at the back. Who were slow in moving. Those who were doubtful. Grumbling. They stayed at the back. You know that's what doubtful and grumbling people do. They're never really invested. Let me say it again. Well maybe not in this church but elsewhere. They are never really fully invested. Because they grumble at the house. And so you can see it when they come to church. You can see, you get it? They, they are not invested. Well, maybe you can see. The Bible says, know the state of your flock. I know the state of everyone in here. I said that too fast. The Bible says, as a pastor, you should know the state of your flock. I study every one of you in here. I know who's fully invested in here. I watch you. Because I'm praying to God. The Bible says watch on. That's what you do. So you watch and pray as to that person. God is that the person is that not or not. I, let me share with you. I, 
I'm not figuring out pastoring. I've had, I have good mentors. God have blessed me with good men who bring preachers for 40, 50 years. Mm -hmm. So it's not something I can get. We are, my wife and I, we are not guessing this right here. Now you get what I'm saying? And God said, I remember that which Amalek did to Israel. They came at the back and they killed all the Israelites. Mm -hmm. Those who were weak and were tired. Mm -hmm. And didn't want to go, but they were going. You know, they were living and their hearts were in Egypt. Their bodies were moving towards Canaan. So the Bible said, what Amalek did, he came, not Esau himself, but his generation. And killed off every Israelite. And the Bible says, God said, I haven't forgotten that and I'm going to avenge that. And God told Saul, mm -hmm, I need you to destroy all of Amalek. And the reason why God said that is because the Amalekites... They practice every known abomination under the sun. They practiced bestiality. They practiced homosexuality. They practiced, uh, uh, there was another one. They, they, they practiced idolatry. And there is another, they practiced, I wouldn't even say it. And God said, these people are demon possessed. Let us do humanity a favor and wipe them out. You know some people that they just, and the reason is because under the Old Testament, nobody had the power to cast out demons. <laughs> uh, some people say, well, the Old Testament and the New Testament is the same. Under the, the Old Testament, these people didn't even know about these things unless God revealed it to them. Amen. They didn't know about the name of Jesus. Mark chapter 16, verse 17 and 18. You never hear Moses say, in the name of Jesus. You never hear Elisha or Elijah. A lot of people want to be like Elijah or Elisha. You never hear Elisha or Elijah say in the name of Jesus. They didn't know about that. They were partly blind spiritually. God did not enlighten them in that area. Because Jesus had not yet come. They got glimpse. They got glimpse. God gave David a glimpse. And David said in Psalms, David said in Psalms chapter, oh, I know the Psalm. He said, blessed is the man whose sins are covered are you getting me God gave David a glimpse of us under the New Testament Paul said can you go it's in Romans chapter 4 verse 7 and 8 Romans chapter 4 Paul was telling us what David said what David saw about us under the old he said blessed are they whose iniquities are forgiven he's reiterating what David said and whose sins are covered he said under the old are you that when David saw what we had, can you go to verse 8? Verse 8 says, blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. That God showed David under the Old Testament, he's not recording sins. Well, you know, sometimes it's difficult to tell people that. Because now they, oh God is not recording, I'm going to get as close. Are you getting what I'm saying? God showed David what we had. And David is comparing what they had under the Old Testament. Under the Old Testament, verse 7 says, their sins were covered. Because it was covered in the blood of bulls and goats. Mm -hmm. Their sins are what? But he said under the New Testament, sins are not imputed. 
sins are not written down. He said, God is not taking notes under the old, under the new covenant. Old covenant, God wrote down stuff. New covenant, Jesus died. He placed all his anger on Jesus. Ah, oh, God, I thank you for Jesus. <laughs> Woo! You, you know, that, you know, that is why some Christians know that. And because of that, they walk in boldness. And because of that, it caused them to love God. There's some, some, of, some Christians know of God's goodness. When somebody's good to you, uh, you, you, you become loyal to them. You don't try to sin. Are you getting what I'm saying? When you understand God, you mean God does not record my sins? Every permit in them there. Every time the church does. That's the best I can give back to God. Are you getting what I'm saying? Uh, some, some people said to me, Pastor, you know, don't talk about, um, don't talk about God doesn't record sin. Some people might sin. The more, whether or not you tell them that, they're going to sin anyhow. Let me say it again. Whether or not you tell people God doesn't record sin. I know some individuals said, I'll never preach on God doesn't record sin. I said, well, you're not preaching the entire counsel of God. The Bible says in Roman, right here, Psalms 32, blessed is he. David is telling us what God showed him. Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sins are covered. <laughs> Woo! Blessed is the man unto whom the Lord imputeth not iniquity and in whose spirit there is no guile. New Testament, my, that's why the Bible says in 1 John 4, 18, As he is in heaven, so are we. Ah, you, you need to see the scripture. You need to see that scripture. It says, as Jesus is in heaven. Is the Bible right? Or is the Bible right? Oh, verse 17, sorry. That's the conclusion. Verse 17. It says here, you got to see that sense. Man, that got me happy. Some of you see me jumping. And this is why, verse 17, not 7, thank you. It says here, verse 17 is coming, I promise. We have some good people at the back. I'm talking too fast. First John 4, 17. Now, now when you see me praise God, these are the verses that's going through my mind. Because brother and sister, herein is our love made perfect. This is how we know that God's love for us is complete. That we may have what? Boldness in the day of judgment. You have no idea. Boldness. Not being ashamed. Because as he is, so are we in this world. <laughs> and he's not talking about in your mind. The mind has to be renewed. He's not talking about your body. The body has, we have to get what? Sorry, I'm talking too fast. We have to get the spiritual body. Are you with me, saints? Not our mind. Our mind has still been renewed. Not our bodies. Our bodies still need redemption. But he's talking about our spirit. That's why the Holy Ghost, he seals our spirit to protect us. Sin cannot enter the spirit because it's sealed. First John chapter 4 verse 6 says, We have the spirit of the Son of God, therefore we can cry, Abba, Father. Amen. We can call God Daddy. That is why I'm somewhat confused when I see Christians walking around. Well, I'm not sure. I'm saying, girl, you have no idea. <laughs> oh God, I give you praise. 
Hallelujah. As Jesus is in heaven in spirit. Now that's a lot to take. You know, <laughs> that's a lot to take in. As Jesus is in heaven, his spirit, all that power and authority, so are we on earth. You'll never get it until God reveals it to you. You got to take that thing and walk on it. You got to walk with that thing. I walk with that for six months in my spirit. I'll be walking out there and I'll be saying, God, that's all my love is. My love is made perfect. So that, I mean, just walking and that's some heavy stuff. But it's the truth. Your mind is going to fight you. You know that old religious mind we have? Well, that's going to fight you. No, you, you, you're not this. You have people telling you. You're not this. Your mind telling you you're not that. But God's word is telling you the truth. God said it doesn't matter what your circumstances. Broke, busted, disgusted. As he is in heaven. <laughs> Woo, that's the word. And God's word cannot lie. You see, these are the things we need to know. When you embrace that, healing flows naturally. You, you get what I'm saying? Healing moves from your spirit to your flesh. And let me correct that. It moves from your spirit to your mind and it hits your body. When your mind is renewed to that reality, the power that's in your spirit has to go through the mind. And when the mind's accepted, it hits your body and healing takes place. Adasabai. Oh God, I give you praise. Uh, I didn't intend to preach that today. I was talking about the Amalekites. How did I get there? Anyhow. But I think, I think some people need to know that. Because these are the days where, you know, for some reason, uh, Christians are, it's difficult to get us back together. Mm -hmm. You can get it sometimes. Uh, it's difficult. And I understand there is a lot going out there. But brothers and sisters, that is why you need to meet God in his word. We need to meet God in his word. And when you meet God in his word, you'll rise like a lion. Yeah, some things you won't take. No, not in here. Not now, not today. I know who I am. I once was blind, but now I can see. <laughs> oh, glory be to God. I know who I am, and I'm rising to the occasion now. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Master. Ah. Uh, and so, <laughs> glory be to God. Man, I feel the presence of God. Hallelujah. Glory be to Jesus. Woo! <laughs> so God told Saul, I need you to murder all the Amalekites. I shouldn't use that word murder, kill. And Saul said no. He saved Agag. Agag, he called, we called Haman an Agagite. You see the relation? God told Saul, King Saul, to destroy the, Aga, the Agag, the Agagites. Agag is a title like we use president. And Americans use president. Those in Rome use Caesar. Those in Egypt use Pharaoh. So it is a title used for the royal bloodline of the Amalekites. So which means that Haman was part of the bloodline. The royal bloodline who escaped. When Saul refused to destroy the Agagites. Haman knew that his royalty. He saw what Saul did. And he escaped and he said one day. 
I'm coming back for the Jews. That is why he's doing what he's doing. That is why he placed a gallows. And he said, I'm going to hang Mordecai. But he didn't know that Mordecai has God. He didn't know that God is fighting Mordecai's battle. <laughs> Are you getting what I'm saying, saints? Are you getting me? And, and this is the lesson. What you fail to do. What you fail to destroy. What you fail to conquer. Will come back and try to conquer you. <laughs> Are you getting my point? If God tells you to do something. Do it. If God tells you to conquer something. Conquer it. If God tells you to destroy something, destroy it. And I'm asking you, is there a habit? God has been bringing to your attention for you to take care of, for you to destroy. If not, it's going to come back. Let me ask you, is there a schedule the Lord has been placing on your heart to follow? Is there a schedule? And you keep saying, I'm not sure. I do not know. Pastor is not nice to me. <laughs> you know, if I were to serve some of you like my pastor served me, you wouldn't come back to church. <laughs> but I didn't care. My mind was on serving God. You hear me? I came to church when they were not there. Every Friday night, when I entered that church for the past seven or eight years to pray from nine to twelve, the pastor would come about eleven thirty with his list. This is my list. Can you pray for me? I'm asking you. Because God placed that schedule. I didn't know I'd be a pastor. Is God placing something on your heart? Is God placing something on your heart, Mr. Howard? Miss Lynette? Is, is God placing something on your heart, Mr. Grover? Yesterday I was listening to uh, Eric Thomas. Just became a millionaire. Black. He's a he's a African American who just got rich. Just over people say overnight. Just just got. <laughs> and people are wondering where did this guy come from? A multi-millionaire. And he said he learned one thing from successful people. He said successful people have a routine. Can you bring up my exhibition my next my last exhibit he said success not rich people but successful people they have a routine if you look at the word routine there are two words in routine route in when you get a routine you're in a route to get to a certain destination and he said every successful person whether it's spiritually successful whether it's financially successful are you with me brothers and sisters what in whatever area whether it's mastering a certain skill or a certain sport a certain sport like Michael Jordan got up and had to do 500 free throws before the sun came up let me see the <laughs> 500 free before the sun came up what, what, what? and Eric Thomas said this is what Eric Thomas said he's a Christian and he said I just started laughing he said when he didn't have a schedule, a routine, there were gaps in his day. And he said, during these gaps, the devil messed him up. You know when you have gaps, the devil can tempt you to do certain things? And he said, when he got his routine together and he saw successful people, he said one thing about them. They are either working on their skill or they are reading. 
<laughs> Always in the skill, reading, or thinking. Creating the future in the image. It's called imagination. Mm -hmm. And he said, he said, when he found that out, he got himself a routine. And all of a sudden, his life changed. He said he would be working so hard during the day uh, because there is no gaps in his day. He said by the time 8.30, 9 o'clock came, he's in bed and the devil trying to tempt him. He said, try me tomorrow. <laughs> I'm in bed, bro. <laughs> try tempting me tomorrow. I got my routine down. I got my schedule down. <laughs> oh yeah and I'm gonna start all over again by the time it's 4 30 or 5 I'm up delivering on my schedule I'm up and the very first thing my eyes see is the word of God the very last thing my eyes see is the word of God before I go to bed yeah oh that's my schedule what has God been placing on your heart because brothers and sisters if you don't it will come back and get you that's what other guides do. Other guides don't forgive. They have you on their heart. Haman, Agag, the enemy of the Jews. The devil, the enemy of Christians. He has his look. He, he has. He has his eyes on us. Mm -hmm. Looking at us. Praise the Lord. But he doesn't know. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Are you getting what I'm saying, saints? What has the Lord placed on your heart recently? Mm, how many more minutes do I have? Two more minutes. What has the Lord placed on your heart recently that you haven't pursued? And quickly, I'll give my last point. What has the Lord, what has the Lord placed on your heart? And are you willing to sacrifice to do it? You, you hear me? You hear me carefully? The descendant of Saul is Mordecai and Esther. The descendant of Agag is Haman. I'm going to show you something God showed me. If you make the right decision now, it will save your descendants. <laughs> it will secure their future spiritually. Financially, emotionally, if you make the right decision now, Esther said, he said, Esther said, when Mordecai told Esther, I need you to go to the king, Esther hesitated, and he told Esther, oh, you got to read what he told Esther, quickly, you got to read, I got to cut my sermon short, you all, amen, don't you, don't you worry, one day I'll put it in a book, huh? <laughs> glory be to God, this is what he told Esther, in, in um, can you go to Esther chapter 4 verse 13 to 14 quickly let's read what he told Esther and I'm, I'll bring it to a close he said to Esther because Esther hesitated you know Esther was comfortable in the king's house everything is everything is available she has a, she has a maidens enough food praise the Lord she has a TV Netflix everything is there all she does is make one call and everybody brings up. She's very comfortable. But she's a Jew and she forgot that. And Mordecai said to her, Think not with thyself that thou shalt escape the king's house. He said, If the king go through with that decision, you too will die. More than all the Jews. Can you go to verse 14? Then Esther 
For if thou altogether hold your peace at this time, then shall the enlargement, enlargement means support, deliverance. If God cannot get in through you, he'll get it through somebody else. That's what he's telling. In other words, God's will is done. And if God is using you to ensure it comes to pass, count it a privilege. Do you know God always had this church on mine? Images of God means he does happen to give me this. To, to, uh, in 2004, I was at prayer and in prayer, part of just being a loyal member of the church. And I just saw in, in, in while I was praying, imitators of God ministries. I said, imitators of, where did that come from? I write it down and I looked up online. There was nothing, no business, no church, then imitators of God ministries. That's in 2004. In, in prayer. And never thought about it, just left it in my, you know, in my bag. I'm telling you, if I did not move on it in 2011, somebody, are you with me? Because it was always in God's will for it to be done. It may not be exactly like this, but God would get his will through to somebody. So God told Erica, um, Esther, Mordecai said to Esther, look, deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place. But thou and thy fathers thou shall be destroyed. And he said, who knows? Whether or not you came into this kingdom for such a time like this. Who knows you are here for such a time like this. Why are you refusing the promptings of God's heart? Who knows God is bringing that to you now for such a time like this. Some of you know the requirements for leadership in this church. But because you, you in your mind you will not do it. And I'm not backing down either. You must be kidding me. If I back down, both of us lose. Because I'll be agreeing with you and not God. Are you getting what I'm saying, saints? And nobody bullies me. Mm -mm. Twice God came for me. I'd given up on Christianity twice. Nobody came for me but God. <laughs> Nobody but God had given up because of my, the challenges I was going through. The, the devil came to take me out. I was in the club and a man was over me with a knife. You, if I tell you my testimony, you wouldn't believe it. Uh, right here. He said, who knows whether thou had come to the kingdom for such a time like this. Some of you are here. Because God have you here for such a time like this. Amen. Are you with me? And my question to you, are you going to say like Esther? Esther said, what did Esther say? I'm almost done you all. Esther said, Esther, after she, after she hesitated, and she got what Mordecai was saying. Can you go to verse 16? This is what she said. She said, go gather. When she realized, I too might die. Me and my entire family. She said, I'm going to do what Mordecai requested. Amen. She said, go gather all the Jews that are, in, that are present in Shushan. All of them. And fast. She said, she said what, what she's saying, get them together on the same page. That's what the devil doesn't want us to get to. He doesn't want us to get together. He wants, he wants us to talk against each other. He wants us to distract one another. And, and the reason why we do that is because we, we, want, to, we want to advance ourselves. The only time mess come in the church is when people trying to get somewhere the wrong way. Yeah. 
I know I tried it. Let me say it again. The only time that kind of thing happens in churches is when people trying to get somewhere the wrong way. Mm -hmm. They're trying to get somewhere without going to the cross. Jesus prayed and Jesus said, Father, is there another way? Then the, he said, please, there's another way. But another way would not make his name above every name. If he took a shortcut, he would not be given a name above every name. Oh, folks interested in shortcut, I am not. I know what shortcut can do. You don't have the right heart. That's why the Bible said, now he's touched with the very feelings of our infirmities. God didn't give him a way out. Esther didn't get a way out. And, 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 and Esther said, she said, and fast you for me. Put, bring them on the same page. All of us have to be in this together. Mm -hmm. You ask why miracles, signs and wonders that are happening in church? I just told you. We're not on the same page. That's the only reason why. Unity, the Bible says, God has commanded the blessing. Psalms 133, it says, behold, verse 1, how good and beautiful it is for brethren to dwell together. Then he talks about Mount Hermon, he gives two metaphors, Mount Hermon, and he gave Aaron the high priest. And then he ends by saying, there where unity flows, I have commanded the blessing. God commanded blessings. If you go back to Deuteronomy chapter 8, you'll see what the blessings are. You... <laughs> In Deuteronomy chapter 28, all the blessings are listed and God said, you have no idea. The Bible is a beautiful thing to bring together. Commanded the blessing of every sort. You walk into that place and people get healed. That is why the devil, that's what the devil is trying to do. So Esther said, let's bring them. Can you go back? Thank you so much. Can you go back? Esther said, bring them together, and I'm going to fast. And see, see, see what she said. She said, and fast for me, and neither eat nor drink for three days, nor night. I also and my maidens will fast likewise, and so will I go into the king, which is not according to the law. In Persia, if you approach the king without being called, you're dead. And Esther knew she might not come back. But she said, it's worth the sacrifice. <laughs> she said, it's worth the sacrifice to put my life on the line for my generation. I'm asking you today, will you put your life on the line for your generation? Listen to me. There is a generation in you. Let me see, let me back up. There is a generation that's coming from you in the future that's depending on you to make the right decisions now. So that in the future, there will be us. <laughs> oh God, are you with me? So in the future, there will be secured spiritually, secured financially, secured emotionally, secured. Will you sacrifice like Esther and put your life on the line? I'm talking about lessons from the book of Esther. By the way, that's the topic of the sermon. <laughs> Lessons from the book of Esther. And as we close, I'm asking you, will you make that decision today to help out your generation?
Please take time to meditate on the Word and let it sink into your heart and soul and mind today. Knowing that the Christian who meditates on the Word will be like a tree planted by the water, bringing forth fruit in its season and prospering in all that he does. But what if you aren't a Christian today? What if you don't know if you're bound for heaven as a forgiven child of God? If that's you, then let's take care of it right now if you're ready. Do you believe that Jesus died for your sins? Are you ready to be forgiven of your sins and washed clean and made new? Are you ready to begin your new life in Christ? Then turn to God right now and say, Lord, I love you. I need you. I repent of my sins. Lord, please forgive me and wash me clean. I receive your forgiveness right now as I put my faith in Jesus as my Savior. God, please lead me and teach me and show me how to live from now on. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. And if you're looking for a good church family, you'll be welcomed with open arms at Imitators of God Ministries, Colossal Vivacious Church in Tallahassee, located at 4750 Capital Circle Southeast near Tram Road. Sunday school begins for all ages at 10 a.m. and the morning service begins at 11 and the Wednesday evening service begins at 7. This is a life-giving, multicultural, multi-generational church where people of all races, backgrounds, and walks of life come together to worship, to be inspired in their love for God, to develop relationships, and to be empowered to live out God's purpose for their lives. Find more information on their website, imitatorsofgodministries.com or call the church, 850 408 8496